Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Available in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code FINADICS when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast of your second place, Miami Dolphins, now part of the Fanatics Network. I am Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about Christopher Colin. Chris, how in the hell are you, my friend? Sam, I'm as good as I've been in a very long time, and there's a reason for that. A, the Mandalorian's back on Friday. That's exciting. That's why I have the Funko this week. This is what we're going for, just so everybody knows. And, and, and two, I've been home all week. On my lunch break with NFL Now on, um, um, NFL Live on, and we're just getting an abundance amount of national attention. And we've been on a bye week, and it's because it's two a time. Yes, it absolutely is. And we're recording this on a two a day. Uh, we only got a couple <laughs> more days until Sunday, which will hopefully be fun day when. Tua Tungavailoa makes his debut in terms of being a starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins against the Los Angeles Rams coming up in just a little bit on this very show. We're going to talk to Doc Holliday. Yes, that Doc Holliday, of course, the, the, the wide receiver slash running back from the University of Memphis, former St. Louis Ram. We're going to talk to him a little bit about differences between St. Louis and Los Angeles. Uh, he's going to join this. Uh, he's part of the Believe Podcast Network. He co-hosts his show with Isaac Bruce there, Chris. Uh, he's going to tell us all about Los Angeles, uh, St. Louis, the Rams in general who Tua needs to look out for and what his thoughts are about this game that's coming up in just a little bit but until then until we actually have to have the guy come in behind enemy lines it's you and I Chris we're talking about Tua the announcement was made last week we talked about it on the episode last week with Jamie Nails which by the way shout out to Jamie Nails uh, and shout out to all the citizens of Perfectville I want to stop right here the last thing we talked to Jamie about Chris was not only the fact that he's he can sing or as you said he's got pipes uh, but we talked about the fact that he had an ugly nasty Twitter header that showed him in an ugly nasty 74 Buffalo Bills jersey and we told the citizens out there go find jamie nails an action shot of him in a number 66 miami dolphins jersey it happened in less than 24 hours chris the citizens of perfectville came through once again if you go on jamie nails twitter page you'll see that there is no more reference to the buffalo bills there is no buffalo bills uh pictures there's no buffalo bills logos it is all 100 miami dolphins and that's because of all of you the citizens of perfectville giving him all the options he didn't know he had all the beautiful action shots from the 2002 2003 seasons uh congratulations once again to the citizens and jamie nails yeah that was wonderful you texted me and you're like uh dude it happened he already changed it i was like holy shit that was so quick it was amazing yeah jamie shout out to him what a fun guest and uh uh shout out to you like respect for um he said he'd do it and he did he, he is officially a dolphin on twitter he absolutely is and uh speaking of dolphins there chris this is the miami dolphins podcast that everybody listens to the town of perfectville welcome to perfectville uh we've got some news here we've got not only two us starting but we have uh, a little bit of controversy in south florida uh it happens today let's start with this and then we'll we'll circle back to Tua because just like a Tua rollout we're going to come all the way back around the opposite way uh xavian howard apparently on the trade block according to the sun sentinel who said that, yes, we are entertaining offers for the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins clap back and tell not only the Sun Sentinel, but the world, 
no, we are not entertaining offers for Xavier Howard. Uh, it's poor journalism, I think, is the words or something that, to that effect about the Sun Sentinel calling out the local newspaper here, Chris. I haven't seen the Miami Dolphins or any organization uh, shout back to a newspaper or legitimate, if you want to call it that, uh, news agency in quite some time. What do you make of all this calamity that was much ado about nothing when it comes to Xavier Howard being traded possibly? Well, first of all, thank God it was about nothing because I was absolutely freaking out. I mean, I'm in work. I have a client. My phone, my my Apple Watch is like blowing up with uh, notifications and texts from friends. My buddy Jason, Jason Jennings, you know him, uh, texted me this this link, and it's from some kind of third brand Dolphins website. So I'm like, I'll wait till there's a legitimate source, and then I go on Twitter. I'm like, never mind, it's everywhere, and um, yeah, freaking out. Everybody's questioning what's going on. Why are we fielding offers? We just like you know paired him with Byron Jones and paid him a lot of money, and he's got four straight games with an interception so uh what's the thinking here why are we getting rid of young talent and come to find out the miami dolphins did one of the greatest things you could do as uh, an organization is to come out and not only um deny this rumor which happens all the time but they straight up were like this is ridiculous horrible journalism it's impossible we haven't you know, we're not shopping Xavier and Howard and uh, called out uh, the, the, the sun Sentinel down there. And, and Omar, Omar Kelly, who was one of the uh, um, kind of caveats of the source and all that. So um, great job by them really shut that down. And really it's probably good for Xavier. And already they had this issue where they leaked uh, Fitz being benched for Tua and completely uh, uh, blindsided Flores. He was not happy about it. And then all of a sudden, here we go again and possible leak of uh, possibly trading Xavier and Howard before the deadline they got ahead of it and nailed it and they did not uh hold any punches no and i think you went where i was going to go there chris which uh almost like we rehearsed it even though we did not uh after the the, the two elite because that's what happened the two elite happened brian flores had to come out and apologize to the team about how that news got out to everyone in the world before he was able to sit and talk to the team himself that's not how the miami dolphins do it anymore then to hear this happen, uh, even though it wasn't true, it looked like, uh-oh, all this news is breaking again and it's outside of our control. We have a leak in the building. That's what kills culture, especially when they're trying to build it right now. Miami Dolphins came out, swung hard, swung for the fences, and just did a knockout blow on the Sun Sentinel. Um, I, I, it probably ends there. I think they probably learned their lesson because they got the newspaper rolled up and smacked on their dog's nose. But, uh, wow, I couldn't believe how hard the Miami Dolphins came out. It would have been very easy for them to be like, no, 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 this isn't anything. But they came out and not only said this is not true, they said it was poor journalism which when you're a journalist i can tell you from experience is almost like the worst thing you can possibly say to a journalist so uh they used uh basically the nuclear option to tell everybody this is not true and i think you're right it was a message to xavier and howard saying no we want you here we love you here we think what we have going on here is amazing and uh, we're not going to let some bullshit rumors uh, uh torpedo what we're doing and what we're building here in miami yeah, you got to control that immediately when something happens like that. Um, and it's so fresh with what just happened with Tua. They obviously have had enough, and that was either Chris Greer uh, or Flores or a combination of both going right at the Sun Sentinel. And um, hopefully they'll think twice about doing that again because, Sam, we're in this world and this culture where it's like who's 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 fast, who's the quickest to release information um, to, for, like, fake karma bonus points, likes on Twitter, and uh, it could ruin careers. It could ruin locker room settings like you said and uh instead of like being quick let's be right and uh hopefully this will help curb the sun sentinel from just jumping out at something if they get it next time in their uh in, on their across their, across their desk 
Well, something tells me they're not going to get anything for quite a while. I feel like they're going to be like the, you know, the cousin that you have to invite to Thanksgiving. So yeah, they'll be at the press conferences, but something tells me maybe Ryan Flores is going to be calling on Omar Kelly and some of the other people from the Sun Sentinel right away. They're not going to get the first question out of the box, whether it's good or bad. So that's what happens when you do bad shit, Sun Sentinel. They're going to get um, the on the Cincinnati answer from Flores every time. <laughs> Uh, that Cincinnati will be the next time they actually talk to the Sun Sentinel, right? Like week 12 or whatever that game is. Uh, but we're not at week 12 here, Chris. We're at week, what, seven, week eight, something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know how math works. I think we're in week eight at this point. And we're going up against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And we're going to talk all about that game with Doc Holiday. We're going to talk all about that game and give you our predictions as well. Um, but before we do that, there's one element to this game that we said we're going to circle back to. And that, of course, is the elephant in the room, the Crimson Tide Alabama elephant. Uh, that is Tua Tungavailoa starting for the Miami Dolphins. He now has two weeks in the books. Uh, we saw the Los Angeles Rams just whoop that ass against the uh, Chicago Bears Monday night here, Chris. Uh, got me a little bit worried. We're going to talk a little bit about that Los Angeles Rams defense, but how excited are you to see Tua starting, number one, in the number one position on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, it's 11-1. Uh, November 1st, he'll be starting. Um, he wears number one. He was our first-round pick. Um, it's super exciting, Sam. This is the, um, third, well, I'm sorry, second quarterback we've drafted in the first round since Dan Marino, uh, Tannehill being the first. Um, and it's exciting. It's something that we were talking about last year, uh, before the season tank for Tua. everybody's talking about that. Um, and it all came true. There's times when he first got drafted, Sam, I'd see pictures of him in dolphins, uh, undershirts or like his practice Jersey and holding a dolphins helmet. I literally had to like kind of snap myself or slap that. Like I wasn't just making this up. This wasn't Photoshopped. Uh, he really is on our team. And I think seeing the excitement from the players too, they interviewed the, those guys from the defensive side especially that we're excited and calling him incredible and he can't wait to see him play. Um, I think it's a, it, it's a huge shot in the arm for the, this local community, for this team, this fan base, um, because it's something that uh, we haven't had ever. Like it really, if you think about it, Marino was picked way down in the uh, uh, after 15. So, uh, and, and, and Tannehill's 12, I believe. So yeah, to a top five pick, uh, he falls to us and uh, he's healthy, looked good in the two throws he had last week. Um, it's just exciting to see if it's going to change the offense. Is he going to stretch the field? Is he going to get a chemistry with somebody like a grant or somebody we uh, you know, don't, don't expect? It just adds a whole nother element to this season. And I think that makes it so fun. It does make it a lot of fun. And I am curious because it's not only is he the first first of the first round draft picks of this season, not only is it 11-1 when he'll be starting, not only does he wear number one, but the game is going to be at one o'clock. So uh, we got all these different signs. If you believe in signs, this is going to be the time for Tua. Uh, I do have a question for you, though. Is it the right time? Should we be starting Tua in this game or should we have held back and played him against uh, maybe a lesser opponent like the Bengals or the Chargers or even the Jets again later this season? Or is this the exact exact right time in the exact right place for Tua Tungavailoa to make his starting debut. The best time to start Tua Tungavailoa is the first week he starts. So yeah, it's this week because um, he's had two weeks to prepare. He's playing a team coming from the West coast to the East coast, a one o'clock game. They have a short week. They um, played just last night, Monday night football. So uh, you, you get two weeks to prepare with your, with the ones and take the reps. Uh, if he's ready, if he's healthy, if he's showing in practice, he's a better player than Fitzpatrick right now, then anytime's the best time. Cause here's, here's the thing, Sam. Yes. Aaron Donald's a monster. 
Yes, Jalen Ramsey's a great corner, but this is the NFL. Any defense he plays are going to have great players. So you can't sit there and, uh, well, not that one. They have this guy. Oh, well, no, they have a really good speed rush. Oh, that team blitz is good. You got to throw them out there and play. It it doesn't matter. Uh, What better than uh, to put that donut on the bat on the uh, on deck circle and play a, a, a tough defense and then take that donut off for some of those weaker games. And he's already played these Titans, these other men, um, and he's ready. Yeah. Do you, do you think this was 100% a football decision or do you think this was something that had pressure from Chris Greer, Stephen Ross, and maybe the brass uh, from the Miami Dolphins? And the reason I ask that is that the reports are that one Tua took the field against the Jets a couple of weeks ago for that, for that last series, the ratings shot right up. Yes. Everyone called their friends and said Tua's in the game. Everyone turned the game on and the local ratings went way up to see Tua. Uh, do you think that this decision was made based on just how ready he is to go up against a team like the Los Angeles Rams? Or do you think based on that ratings information, there was some pressure from the higher ups down saying, this is our guy. We have an interest here. We have to capitalize now. I think it's a combination of maybe that and then possibility too of the success that Herbert and Burrow are having uh, to say, Hey dude, come on. Can we get our toy out there and see you know, our shiny new toy and see what it, it's like opening it seriously, like opening a toy at Christmas and keeping it in the wrapping paper. Like you want to bust this thing open and, and, and play your N64 and get going. Like, uh, come on, Mario Kart is waiting. So I, I think it's a combination of that, the success of the other rookies, probably the ratings, um, but also the bye week I, I really have a feeling that the plan all along was Tua to play and take his reps uh, as long as he was healthy and practicing well during the bye week. The problem is COVID moved the bye week from week 11 to week six um, or seven. So you just had to change the plans. It's COVID season. Like that happens. Plans change. I think it's a combination of all that. And I think really just the plan all along was the bye week. I think you're right. I think the plan all along was to go up against the Jets coming out of the bye week or maybe going into the bye week and then having the bye week and then playing the Jets again. But that didn't happen. I really thought maybe they would start doing those packages like we talked about last week. Like maybe there'd be a couple of packages where Tua comes in in relief of Ryan Fitzpatrick just to get his feet wet and make sure that he everything's okay. Uh, but that's not happening. And we're embracing this full thing. I mean, you're a Tua fan. I'm a Tua fan. Everybody's a Tua fan. The entire town of Perfectville, Doll fans everywhere worldwide are just anxious to see this guy start and see what he can do against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I'm going to give my prediction for the Rams game in just a little bit. I know you are well as well, and we're going to be joined by Doc Holliday in just a couple of minutes, but I want everybody to understand a couple of things. We talked about this going into the Seattle game, by the way, and it turned out we were correct. So I think we're going to do this again. The Miami Dolphins are playing the Los Angeles Rams this weekend. The week after that, they play the Arizona Cardinals, who just beat that Seattle Seahawks team I was referencing. Has a pretty good quarterback in Kyler Murray. But after that, Chris, the Miami Dolphins have, not necessarily in this order, the Denver Broncos, the New York Jets again, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'm going to repeat that. The Miami Dolphins in Tua, after the next two weeks of playing, has the New York Jets, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Denver Broncos. Four very bad teams for him to feast on. So if we can get past the Los Angeles Rams, if we can get past the Arizona Cardinals, all of a sudden you've got four very, very winnable games that you and I would actually, we might be uh, have the Dolphins favorite if we were playing quarterback, let alone Tua. So all is not lost if he does come out and not beat the Los Angeles Rams or the Arizona Cardinals for the next two weeks. But if we are able to get past the Los Angeles Rams, let's just say, all of a sudden you're looking at a team that not only is probably going to go eight and eight, but probably has a chance to go nine and seven, which this season in particular is huge, Chris. Because if you go nine and seven this particular year, 2020 NFL, you have a really, really good shot of making the playoffs because that extra wild card shot. So especially when you look at the fact that the Patriots just got smoked 
by the San Francisco 49ers when we smoke those San Francisco 49ers, especially when you look at how bad the Jets are and how bad that Jets team is, almost just beat the Buffalo Bills, a team that we almost beat as well. So it's a very winnable division. So anybody who thinks that we're starting to it because we've given up and punted into next season or just given him experience is dead wrong. Uh, but keep in mind, it's the long play, Doll fans. So look at this over the next six weeks. There's four, if not five, very winnable games for Tua Tungabailo and the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk all about the Los Angeles Rams game in just a little bit. And uh, we're going to go pay some bills. And we're going to come back. We're going to talk to Doc Holiday, get his thoughts on the Miami Dolphins, Los Angeles Rams, and uh, what he thinks is going to happen this weekend. I'll be your Huckleberry. Right at this moment, there are men everywhere doing manly things. Beards unkempt hair run amok, leaving them in a state of hair despair. And that's just what we can see. Never mind what's going on downstairs. But it doesn't have to be that way. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and enter our promo code FINSUP to save an instant 20%, get free shipping, and help quell the hair despair in your life. These bearded bros are counting on you. Won't you help them? All right, joining us now is, uh, well, he's behind enemy lines, ladies and gentlemen. He is uh, the co-host of the Ramblings podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He co-hosts this with Isaac Bruce. Uh, we're talking about Doc Holliday, former University of Memphis, former St. Louis Ram. Uh, and he talks about the Rams every single week. No one better to have on this show right now than to talk about uh, the Rams than Doc Holliday. Doc, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm fine, man. Thank you all for having me, man. I look forward uh, to speaking with you all, man. And Perfectville. I got a question, though. Are are any other Dolphins allowed to live in Perfectville if they wasn't a part of that perfect team? You know, like Zach Thomas and Are those guys allowed to live in Perfectville, fellas? Oh, yeah. Zach Thomas is on City Council of Perfectville. Jason Taylor uh, is on the City Council. We've got... I think uh, Xavier Howard, current Miami Dolphin, he's the superintendent of the school system. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, if you, if, if you even wore a Miami Dolphins logo at some point, we don't discriminate. You're allowed to come in. Nick Saban, too? Is, is he the village idiot, idiot or something? Who is that? We, I have no idea who you're talking about. The village idiot? Been. Okay, I got you. Okay, <laughs> oh, the, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Saban bin Lion is what we call him. <laughs> I got you, man. I got it, you. It, we, we made a promise, though, and this is actually – this is great timing. I'm glad you brought up Nick Saban because we made a promise at the beginning of the show. If Tua leads us to the promised land and the town of Perfectville is once again victorious, Miami Dolphins become Super Bowl champs during the Tua reign, Nick Saban is all forgiven. But that is cool. – that until that happens, no, he's the only one that doesn't have a, a – a, you have more property in the town of Perfectville than Nick Saban at this point. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, fellas. I appreciate that. Well, hey, I, uh, you know, I was, I was excited. I'm excited because Tua's making his debut against the Miami Dolphins here, or against, I guess, hopefully not against the Miami Dolphins, against the Los Angeles Rams. And I was really excited because we beat the 49ers. Everyone beats the Jets, of course, but we're three and three. We're seeing our star rookie come in, and I'm thinking, okay, the Los Angeles Rams, we can take them on. They're coming to our town on a on a on a short week. You know, they're playing a Chicago Bears team on Monday night, and then I watched the Los Angeles Rams uh, play football, and the Chicago Bears pretend to play football on Monday, and all of a sudden that excitement uh, turns into nervous butterflies. Uh, how good is this Los Angeles Rams team, Doc? I mean, what is the expectation for the Los Angeles Rams here in 2020? Well, it all depends on, man, which Los Angeles Rams team you're looking at. If you're looking at the same Los Angeles Rams team that played 
on Monday Night Football, absolutely destroying the Chicago Bears. Man, y'all got some problems. But if you get the, if you get the Los Angeles Rams team that played against San Francisco, y'all may be cool. But I am kind of concerned that you all are choosing this game to start tour because, you know, uh, as many problems that we had against the 49ers, man, you know, a guy like Aaron Donald, he he literally plays every possession. Now. He's like a hound dog. He's like a bulldog. So you're all going to have some problems. But the Rams, man, playing some very good football, man. And, you know, if they can run the football, that's their formula for success because golf likes to do the play action and the bootleg. So they're going to try to run the ball. So if they do that and run it effectively, uh, they're going to give y'all some work, man. Yeah, I noticed Goff watching the game Monday. Uh, God, he seemed to do like 37 rollouts. I mean, it's just they fell for it every single time. So uh, that's probably something we're going to hope to do with Tua, especially taking advantage of him being left-handed uh, to roll roll that way. Uh, uh, that's just a little bit of different mix-up uh, for the defense. You mentioned already Aaron Donald. Of course, he is a monster. He is a beast. I would probably cut my left arm off and just go winter soldier my whole life just to have him play in his prime for the Miami Dolphins at one point. Um, but uh, for Dolphins that aren't too familiar with LA Rams, who's somebody that we should uh, worry about with Tua that's not Jalen Ramsey, that's not Aaron Donald on that defense? Well, you got a guy named Michael Kaiser, man. You don't hear his name a lot, but he makes a lot of tackles. Now, he misses a lot of tackles, but he makes a lot of tackles, and he plays extremely well in that second level of that defense, which is what we need. And, of course, you talked about Jalen, you talked about Aaron Donald, and – Leonard Floyd had a huge game against on Monday Night Football against the Bears, man. Came out with two sacks, something that the Rams have been looking for him to do the entire season. Now, we don't know if it's because he played against his former team, Chicago Bears, or if it was on Monday Night Football. Really doesn't matter because he had an outstanding game. So you got to watch him. Uh, Jordan Fuller has been hurt. So if that young, if that young lion comes back, you got to deal with him. Uh, and that secondary, you know, Troy Hill can make some plays. You got to watch what he's what he is and Taylor Rapp has played well the last couple of Sundays specifically last night so those are some other names you gotta look at and if Ashawn Robinson comes back and plays well he you add him with Aaron Donald on that defensive line man uh that D, that LA Rams defense plays even better even though when you look and get the numbers uh they've been playing pretty well this season See, this, this is why, Chris, we can't have guests on from other teams because we asked for one guy and then he just gave us seven guys and they're all legit guys. And now I'm scared for <laughs> to his life. I don't like this. We got three rookies on the offensive line and a rookie playing quarterback who turns the wrong way when he throws the ball, which confused the hell out of me at the end of the Jets game a couple of weeks ago. And now you're like, well, that's, that's one guy other than Aaron Donner. Like, no, I'm going to give you the start in 11. You better watch out. So that's got me a little bit nervous here, Chris. Uh, Doc, um, speaking of Tua, though, obviously that's the story here for the Miami Dolphins over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're not quite sure why the news leaked out so early. I think this would be something that we'd want to announce like today versus last week. We don't want to give the Rams any additional time to, to, to watch tape on two, although everybody knows who he is and eventually he was going to come into the game. Um, but you, you're a guy who played the game at the highest level. You played in college, you played at the pro level. You've been around the game for a long time. What is the one thing take off the Rams hex? I know that's your yeah. team, but if you're just talking to two, he calls you up and says, doc, I need some advice. What should I be looking for? From the pro, uh, from the college game to the pro game, what's the one thing you would give him? Just friendly advice, player to player, that he needs to be prepared for. Other than, of course, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Lean on what, lean on everything that he's leaned on to get to this point. He's gotten to this point because he's smart, he's athletic, he's a great passer, he's a great football player, and he makes plays. I'm pretty sure when he was thrown out there uh, with Alabama, he didn't he didn't know everything. He didn't really have that much experience. Remember, he came in and just balled out. Don't think so much. Just go out there and ball out. He has nothing to lose, man. He's a rookie. This is his first game. So 
expectations for him really aren't that high. Now, if he plays extremely well, they're going to be like, damn, damn, that's what I'm talking about, Tua. But if he doesn't, okay, he's a rookie. He's yeah. facing the L.A. Rams. He's facing the best player in the NFL. So if I was speaking with Tua, I'd just say, man, relax. Go out there and be yourself. Don't overthink anything. The Dolphins keep the keep the game plan kind of simple for him. But I no let him use his physical abilities. That's what I tell him, man. Because I love watching him play. I'm looking forward to watching him play. I love that left hand. I love to see the things that he can do, and I want to see how he performs. You know, after having such a gruesome injury in in a situation like this. So that's what I would tell him. How much of an advantage is it for Miami, or at least uh, how difficult is it to game plan considering he has zero NFL tape and they're kind of coming in on, they are coming in on a short week. They got to travel West coast to East coast. It's a one o'clock game. Um, is to is this the best chance or best time, I guess, other than the fit stuff, is this the best time it, he could have actually had this opportunity he gets two weeks to prepare for a defense and uh, the Rams really uh, don't have much NFL tape on them and don't know how we're going to use them. Is that a big advantage you think for, for Miami? I think the ideal situation would have put what would be to put Tua in there in this first start in his first game against the New York Jets practice squad. But since you can't do that, you know what I'm saying? So I would tell Tua, I mean, and with the Rams, nice sitting back trying to scout this game, you can go back and look at what he did in college. And you can just look at the small little piece he gave us the last game he played. But uh, the advantage that Tua is going to have on the Rams is they really don't know what he's going to bring. He's athletic. He can run. As you all said, if he uses that bootleg, man, he can get away from you. So the Rams have to stay disciplined on defense. So they have to watch all of these things, and they don't have anybody on the Rams squad that can accurately depict him in practice, on the practice squad. So, uh, And you see what Tua did in college, and and we know what he's capable of doing. So his advantage is they haven't seen him on the pro – pro level they haven't really faced a quarterback like him yet this season you know Dak Prescott was uh you know he he was athletic as but Tua has a, a another level of athleticism than Dak has so that's what I would see the advantage for Tua was is they haven't seen him and plus he's athletic and he's left-handed man and that's that you know that causes people some problems yeah it really does like I said I, I'm left-handed myself so I have a special place in my heart for a left-handed quarterback but even then when I saw him scramble the wrong way against the Jets I was like what the hell's he doing he ain't ready I'm like oh yeah that's right he's supposed to go that way <laughs> um you know I, I watched a lot of the uh, hard knocks on HBO so hard knocks uh, was at Los Angeles so it was both the Chargers and the Rams uh, got to know a lot of the players on a, on a much higher level because of that show I always become fans of, of players on that show you, you watch the show I'm assuming um, what's the one player that, or coach, I should put that out there as well, uh, that you became just a bigger fan of, or maybe somebody that you went, Ooh, he didn't come off so well when it came to, uh, the, the bright lights shining on him for about a month. Well, I guess, man, you know what, I, you know, they really didn't give too much time to Aaron Donald. They really didn't give too much time to Jalen Ramsey. You know, I guess, I don't know if they thought those were the guys that, you know, people No, they really didn't give him that much time to the Rams period, man. We got a lot of time with the Los Angeles Chargers, but just looking at hard knocks, uh, uh, Deontay Darren, I guess everybody who, who talked about him just because I, I know guys like him loud, great personality, even though you know they placed him on the practice squad, man. The cornerback, those are the kind of guys you like to be around, man, because things when uh, when things are tense, especially in training camp, you know, people hot, they pissed off, man, they tired of practicing, they tired of meetings. That dude comes around, he's laughing. Those are the kind of dudes that you like in the locker room and around the team. So he's the one guy I looked at, I'm like, okay, okay, my man, but I want to see if you know all this. This, this stuff you're doing, will it translate on the field? And we know he can play because they kept him around. But that's the one guy I was like, okay, okay. I mean, I think I was like the rest of the country. Like, okay, I didn't know about this guy, but now he is. He, he's a cool little dude. 
Yeah, he was awesome. He was like my favorite guy in the show. I, everybody had that guy or one or two guys like that in their locker room that uh, you knew was just always going to have a good time, regardless of two a days, regardless of wins or loss. You need that to, to brighten your spirits and stuff. But uh, speaking of cornerbacks and, and covering uh, receivers, the Dolphins have a pretty good gr- crew uh, with Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and of course our uh, tight end Gesicki. Um, how's the Rams defense uh, look as far as not just counting Monday, but there are, are there, is that a strength of theirs? Of course, Jalen Ramsey's incredible, but is that a strength, of, a strength of theirs? And is that something the Dolphins are going to look to exploit? You think? I think the strength is, man, the fact that you have such, you know, you got that monster on the defensive line that can cause pressure. See, when you have somebody like Aaron Donald, man, he causes you to throw the ball before you want to, you know, he causes you to come out of the pocket before you want to. He may not even be headed your way or close to you, but he causes you to rush. He did that last, he did that uh, uh, with Nick Foles, you know, down on the, on the sideline. They were coming and he just threw the ball and had he just stood there and threw, threw one, you know, a Darnell Mooney would have struck Jalen Ramsey for a 94-yard touchdown. But he had the rush, but the rush wasn't even really on him that fast. So I would say uh, just the fact that that defensive line getting the pressure that they can get. Uh, and you know what Jalen Ramsey can do. But, you know, Troy Hill, they can do some things. But those other guys have to work in unison. Jalen can work by himself, but those other guys have to work. I want to say tandem, but they have to work in unison as a group. So, uh that may be something and some – well, that is something that the Miami Dolphins should be able to exploit, but we have to see because you got to, you know, you got to keep that, you know, that, that pass rush off you. And, I, you know, I think you just said y'all had three rookie offensive linemen, so that's yeah. going to be a tough task all night, man. See, this is why I think you should be able to even the odds. I think there should be more parity in the NFL, Doc. I saw a video not too long ago of Aaron Donald. He was working out with, uh, I'm guessing, one of his personal trainers who had knives, and the guy's like trying to hit him with knives, and Aaron's just swatting him away. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe that's what we should. Our rookies should be allowed to carry knives in this game if they're going up against Aaron Donald. I think that's fair. What do you think? I mean, but if, but if, and if, but if you saw that, man, the guy never cut him, so they can take the knives, but they're probably going to get taken from him. It's going to yeah, be like the book of Eli, person, huh? That's huh? his personal trainer, though. They ain't trying to cut Aaron Donald. They're trying to. Yeah, that's true. Hey, that's true, but damn, I don't care, man. You're still working out with knives, man. You might slip up and cut me, so to even, even think about this, something got to be wrong in your head, bro. I'm Absolutely. a big comic book fan, and one of my favorite comics uh, pairings is when uh, Wolverine or Hulk goes crazy uh, and is just going a destructive path, and they send Wolverine out there to to catch him because he's just as crazy and he has you know the claws, uh, and that's just Aaron Donald as the Hulk, and and that would be our lineman trying to calm down the Incredible Hulk. He was never successful, by the way. Facts, you know what I'm saying? Facts, 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 straight facts. Probably got a penalty for a chop block anyway, so maybe it's a bad idea for me. Um, <laughs> So comedian. Well, look, I'll tell you what. Well, we'll save that for another time. But we're talking, speaking of hard knocks. I think Chris knows this very well. But last year, the Raiders were on hard knocks and Jonathan Abram, very famously uh, fine, outstanding defensive back rookie last year for the Raiders, uh, mispronounced Salmon. And I was doing some stuff for Bleacher Report and they asked me some questions about the Raiders. And uh, I started talking trash about him. And wouldn't you know it if he was actually the cameraman filming me and then jumped out and scared the living bejesus out of me. And I happened to make fun of his college as well without knowing. And uh, that was almost the end of old Sam Marcoux in the town of Perfectville. Um, <laughs> look, I, 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 I respect you uh, immensely. I was l- watching your show or listening to your show, uh, I think last week, and uh, you were dissing the kickers. You were saying you weren't going to spend any time on kickers. They're not actual football teams or they're not actual football players. They're on the football team, but they're not football players. And uh, I was talking to Chris a little bit off air right before you showed up here, Doc. And uh, we spend an exorbitant amount of time on punters and kickers because we feel like nobody else ever represents them for all the reasons we're talking about. Um, 
I don't know where I'm going with this other than I was starting to think about people that should be excommunicated from the town of Perfectville. And I was thinking of one and that is Mark Royals from the 2002 season who kicked a 30 yard punt on uh, week 17 against the Patriots. They came down, tied it and then won in overtime and eliminated the Dolphins from the playoffs. So uh, I think maybe you're right. Kickers are overrated. Hey, but you know what, though, man? Look, I, on this week's episode, I had to apologize. Well, I didn't yeah, apologize. Your was crazy. I was about to say. He was not. Man, yeah, Johnny, I, I had to, you know, even before I said anything, and I didn't even say anything to Isaac before we started uh, uh, recording the podcast. And I was like, man, I got to eat a little crow. He was like, you sure do. I didn't even think he already knew what I was talking about. Because what Johnny Hecker did, uh, man, it's just absolutely amazing, man. Five punts. Inside the 10-yard line, man, one on the 10 and the one, the five, the six. and the, I mean, to do what he did. Unreal. Unreal, but he's – damn it, he's still not a football player. That's what he's supposed <laughs> to do, you know, but he just gets props for that. So you must be – you're like Sam on our show. So Sam trashes a player and immediately the next game had the game of the season. Jakeem Grant has done nothing all year. Last The last game before our bye week is the most productive game – wouldn't you know at the podcast three days prior, Sam is just like calling him non mighty mouse. He's too small. He can't, he's too low to the gravity. He did it to Parker. He did it to Williams and each game directly after had great games. So you're the Sam of your show. So do me a favor and please trash Tua. Hey man, I, I, I'm, I can't, I can't trash Tua, man. I just tell him good luck. You know, you got the monsters coming at you, man. Yeah, your first NFL game, remember it. But I ain't going to trash Tua because I don't want you all to win. I mean, y'all cool. It's nice to meet you, Sam. Chris, y'all cool, man. I you the perfect deal. I'm in here chilling, man. I don't know if I'm in the suburbs or I can go to the store. Can I go to the convenience store or, or I'm up out of here? But I ain't going to trash, trash Tua. I, I want him to be successful. I just want us to get a dub. Damn it, man. I was trying because I, I was no, thinking sir. the same thing. I didn't talk to Chris about this, but every single time I trash a Miami Dolphins player, they like score a touchdown, look right into the camera, go, fuck you, Sam. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, so I was hoping maybe uh, after the kicker controversy from last week and then seeing what Johnny Hecker did that uh, maybe you, uh, you you would trash Tua for us and we, we could walk out of here. Feeling hey, like I got a backup doc, though, as a, as a player. I'll tell you a quick story. I played with Jonathan Phillips. You Google him. He, he got a full ride to the University of Florida, won two national championships with Tebow and Chris Leak those two years. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah hated the game of football he played soccer his whole life he broke every uh florida state record for touchbacks he kicked the ball you know 52 yard field goal in the playoffs he's like i met i met him after college years later and he shows me his two gigantic uh national championship rings and i just remember him hanging out in the trainer's room uh never running sprints with us just completely hated the game of football but it gave him uh an undergraduate to university of miami after winning two national champions at, uh, at florida and i just absolutely despise him for it <laughs> See, that's the problem because they watch us practice. They just sit and chill. They don't run. They don't lift weights. Uh, you know, they, they chill, in the, chill in the shade. So that's why I be hard on them, man. You know, Isaac yeah. loves him. He yeah. just loves – he loves everybody. I don't care. I'm going to call you out and I'm going to talk about you. But Isaac is Mr. I'm going to put your arms around. I love all of them because I'm a pro football Hall of Famer and he's my friends. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> – well, now, based on that, Isaac's going to have an amazing game against the Miami Dolphins this weekend because Doc's just going hard on him. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got a couple of questions for you here. These yeah. aren't necessarily based on the game of football here, Doc. But uh, and by the way, Doc Holliday, as part of the Ramblings podcast, part of the Believe podcast network, joining us here in the town of Perfectville, talking all things Los Angeles Rams. And that's where I wanted to go next. Uh, you played for the St. Louis Rams. Yeah. And uh, for me, growing up in California, it was always the Los Angeles Rams. But they moved to St. Louis, and I got used to calling the St. Louis Rams, just like I still call them the San Diego Chargers to this day. Uh, is it hard calling the Los Angeles Rams? It still doesn't ring off the tongue for me. And I know it's been a couple of seasons now, but is it hard to call them the Los Angeles Rams when you know them and play for them as the St. Louis Rams? You know what? Not really, because every time I, I address them, even now, man, I just always said the Rams. Rams. 
They'd be like, who you play for? I play for the Rams. Never really the St. Louis Rams. I play for the Rams. So when they moved to L.A., it's like, I play for the Rams. Oh, in L.A.? No, in St. Louis. You know, before they got good. You know, that's when I played. So it's really not that hard for me, man. And, you know, and plus it's still kind of icky with St. Louis fans. They, they don't like the so – it, so I won't even make them mad. I just say the Rams, you know. So, no, it's, it's not a problem. All right. Well, Chris, you got any more questions? I got one more question. It's a hard-hitting commentary. I always leave the hard-hitting Jordan for the last question. So, Chris, I'll let, I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you talk yeah, to Dr. Yeah, I got, I got one more. We had former Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bill uh, Jamie Nails on our uh, show last week. And one of my favorite parts of the segment is I just went completely off football. Because when you play football, you're around football. That's what all people know you for. And that's just not it. We're human beings, too. Um, and, and I asked Jamie, I'm going to ask you, what's what's something about you that people might not know? I know you're like, you know, TV po- podcast personality, played football for Memphis and, and St. Louis, the Rams. Um, what's something that no one knows about you that's wholesome? Do you like fishing? Do you like barbecuing? Is there something that uh, that's a hidden talent or hidden secret or favorite of yours has nothing to do with the contact sport of football? Hey, you know what? Honestly, man, a lot of people don't know that I don't watch a lot of television. I read and research like all the time up until I called you all today. I was reading. I'm always reading and researching. I'm trying to learn something because I know, you know, you got to scratch the surface of things. People are hide the truth in your face. They'll show you something, but all you got to do is scratch the surface off. Then you get to the truth. So I read and research all the time, man. I studied the Bible all the time. So that's some things that people don't really know about me. That is that I really, really read and research all the time. And I don't watch television a lot unless I'm, you know, watching football because, you know, that's my job. Yeah, that's awesome. That's something my dad taught me. Uh, we'd get the Palm Beach Post and the Sun Sentinel, and I'd always just reach through and move everything around and grab the sports section every single day. Boom, sports yeah. section, sports. My dad then stopped and made me pick three different stories to read from three different from three different sections that yes. aren't sports before I can get the sports section. So I'd read the accent, I'd read current events, I'd read entertainment, or read something about world news, and it just he, he made me check back and say, "Hey, there's way more than life." And just sports, there, there's a whole world out there. So be knowledgeable about it. Big facts, big facts. Yeah, all right. I got two questions. I lied for yes, you, Doc. N- number one, who is the team in the NFC West that you hate the most? Who is the biggest rival for you personally uh, as, as a member of the Rams organization? San Francisco, man. I, you know, hell, I mean, Seattle and Arizona don't really have a history. You know what I'm saying? They just, you know, but it's, it's the 49ers. You know, and I, I got on, you know, I, I got on Isaac. I was like, I, I said, I was like, I, did you did you like yourself when you wore number 88 for the 49? Did you even like yourself? And he started laughing. But he was like, you know, he says one of his first, <laughs> I laughed so hard because he told me one of his first games in the 49ers uniform, he said the same 49ers fans that used to flip him off when he was a Ram, he turned around, they flipped him off and he was in, his, and he said, I flipped him back off too. So, uh, you know, hey, you, you got, you can't like the 49ers, man. I, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't like them. I agree with you, man. I'm from San Jose. So I, 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 I hate them even more now that they became my neighbors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't need that nonsense next door. But uh, I, the way you feel about talking to Isaac is how we feel about Jason Taylor suiting up for the New York Jets all those years ago. It's like, what are you doing? Like, exactly. you know, can't you, Jackie Robinson was traded to the San Francisco Giants for people that don't know. He was a Brooklyn slash Los Angeles Dodger. He gets traded to the San Francisco Giants. Did Jackie Robinson ever suit up for the San Francisco Giants? No, he did not. He retired rather than wear that trash uniform. That's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. When you're an Isaac Bruce, when you're a Jason Taylor, when you're a legend, you stick with that team, especially when you get half your options to sign with the 49ers. I agree with you. I, uh, hey, Sam, I, you know, I told Isaac that. You know what he told me? $15 million. I'm like, okay, say no more. <laughs> $15 million Say reasons. no more. He wasn't wearing he wasn't wearing red and gold. He was wearing green. I get it. He was wearing green, man. He said, I was a mercenary. $15 million. So, you know, <laughs> hey, I understand. 
I tell you what, for 15 mil, I'm suiting up. Wearing there you go. I know you would. The things change well. when they throw them Benjamins in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of uniforms, this is actually my, my last question here, Doc. Uh, obviously, the Rams had a big change to their uniform. They've had a couple over the years. This one was very controversial. Uh, this is the hard-hitting con- uh, content I'm talking about here. What do you think of the new uniforms? Have they grown on you? A lot of people hated them. I don't tell you right now, I didn't hate them. The numbers are a little weird, but I actually like the, the, the color palette. Uh, what are your thoughts on the actual Rams uniforms going on this season? Well, you know, I like the tradition of blue and yellow that they wore on Monday Night Football against the Bears, man. You know, uh, I hated when they changed it after they won the Super Bowl and they changed it to whatever they were wearing, man, that, that trash that they lost to the Patriots. And, you know, so with these new uniforms, man, I understand that they're, they're trying to upgrade and be more modern. Now, I don't have a problem with them. I don't care. And when I hear fans complaining about all the, all the, you know, the uniforms, this, that and the other. I try to explain to them. I said, do you think the players really worried about that? You, you can put puke green on them. Long as them checks clear and that money, they don't care what they're wearing. So the fans get their heads all blown up for stuff like that. But to me, man, but actually to me, the, the uniforms, they're nice, especially what they wore last night. I mean, I love the old, but even the new, man, the bone, I mean, it look, looks fine to me. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I think you, you go five and two. You, every game you win, those uniforms look better and better and better to the fans as well. Thanks. I mean, we went through a change. I'm wearing the old logo right now, but we went through a change and everyone hated it in here, all the Dolphins everywhere. But we, it's grown on us. And, you know, now that we're, we're seeing better days ahead, it's like, oh, the uniform and the logo is just fine. Uh, Chris, anything you got for Doc before we let the man go? Yeah, man, give us an unbiased opinion. What do you think uh, the, the final product happens on Sunday? How do you think this it turns out? We're going to beat the hell out of y'all, man. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Not even a score, just see ya. I mean, I'm just saying because every time, you. every time we've gone across across the country with exception to Buffalo, <laughs> I mean, you know, we lost. We went to Washington. We we now we beat the hell out of every NFC East team. Now this is an AFC East team, but we lost to, in Buffalo. So I don't see us losing to another, con- you know, a, another conference that you all are a part of, division that you all are a part of. So we beat the hell out of y'all, man, and we're going back to California. That's that's I mean, I mean y'all starting a rookie quarterback, and we're five and two, and y'all three and three, and y'all not really trying to win this year. That's the thing about it. See, what people don't understand, y'all not trying to win this year, man. You know what? This, this is. You guys got screwed against Buffalo, by the way. I was rooting yeah, for did. you guys and, and the refs. We don't have the refs on our side ever in Miami. So nope. uh, we don't have, uh, you know, 15 on 12 or 15 on 11, whatever they're starting these days in the NFL. I love the confidence there. I hope you're wrong for uh, with all due respect. Uh, we want to see two come out 1-0, but uh, I love the confidence. And I and, and if it does happen, if the Rams, Chris, do beat the hell out of the Miami Dolphins, I really hope Sports Center and every local sports station announces the score just the way Doc Holliday did. And here's the score of the Dolphins-Rams game. The Rams beat the hell out of y'all. Bust <laughs> that ass, man. <laughs> Bust that ass, man. 31 to 17, man. Bust that ass, bro. There it is. He's on the board. 31 17. We're going to give our picks here just a little bit. Doc Holiday, thank you very much for joining us here. You can catch Doc Holiday every single week on the Ramblings podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, along with his co host, Isaac Bruce, former 49er. Just kidding, Isaac. We love you. Just hey, hey look, man. Yeah, he don't play about that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, man. Hey, Doc, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Doc. Hey, thank you all, fellas. Appreciate it, man. It was nice, man. Thank you all. Special thanks to Doc Holiday for joining us once again, part of the uh, Believe Podcast Network. His podcast is called Ramblings, along with himself and Isaac Bruce. Uh, he didn't hold any punches there, Chris. Uh, he flat out said uh, the Rams are smashing the Miami Dolphins and then ultimately gave us a prediction of 31 to 17. Yeah, I thought that was even him being nice. Like he, when I asked him, he, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to beat the shit out of you. But uh, I guess here's a score because we're on a podcast, right? 
Well, it's very funny because I don't think people are going to see it, but uh, he, he said that, you know, oh, we're smashing. And then he started talking. So they probably said the, the people that are watching us on video right now probably saw you. What they didn't see was off camera. Doc is looking at both of us like, is that a real question? Like, are you serious? You're starting a rookie quarterback. So he's very confident in Los Angeles Rams. Uh, what about you, Chris? Are we getting smashed by the Los Angeles Rams? What is your prediction? What do you think happens this Sunday uh, at one o'clock when Tua makes a start? Yeah, good question. So, um, uh, with, with what he said, though, I asked him, you know, in the interview, uh, or you did, and he said it depends on which Rams team we see. So, obviously, this team has had some inconsistencies. Uh, they're coming off a short week. They travel across the country. Uh, he seemed confident in that, that that wasn't going to be a problem. Who knows? Uh, it's a one o'clock game. Um, the the one kind of uh, caveat too is, is uh, obviously we mentioned it in the interview. You're not you have no tape on the in the NFL of Tua how we're going to use him, how Chan Gailey's going to formulate a game plan. There's nothing to really go off of. So I feel like that uh, they're going to have to you know dodge and weave that in the first few scripted plays. But uh, when the dust settles, it's going to be football men versus men. Um, they, they're defensive. They play like they did against the bears, which yeah, the bears scored a touchdown. That was uh that was the offense, like fumbling or throwing a pick six. That was not uh, the defense even giving up one score. Uh, so they were really tough, very tough de- uh, defense, uh, three rookies on, on the line. I think Tua plays a decent game. People are happy. Um, he submits uh, cements himself as a guy, but I, I can see the Rams here um, doing some damage, especially if they can run the ball uh, with those running backs uh, and set up Goff in the play action. I'm going to say this. I think the uh, the Los Angeles Rams have an amazingly generational talent in Aaron Donald. I mean, we talked all about it with Doc Holliday. Everybody knows who Aaron Donald is. Everybody knows when you say Aaron Donald, what he does for a living and what he gets paid handsomely to do. Um, this is the type of game where generational talents like him make themselves generational talents. You've got a rookie quarterback, you've got rookie linemen, and you've got the best defensive player in the NFL today and Aaron Donald he is licking his chops so the Miami Dolphins if they're going to win this game especially since the Los Angeles Rams just came off of a short week blasting of a five and one at the time Chicago Bears team they're feeling themselves right now they are embarrassed by that San Francisco 49ers team that we decimated a couple weeks back there Chris they're looking to come in here they're looking to make a name for themselves they know they know what the ratings were when Tua came in they know the spike happened they know everybody's looking at this game right now and has a ton of interest in seeing what Tua is going to do or not do against this Los Angeles Rams team. I look for this Los Angeles Rams defense to come out fired up. I look for them to come out just looking to hit Tua and put him out of the game. They want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick come back into this game. That's what they want to see. That's their mission. And I think Aaron Donald is going to try to captain that ship if he can. I think the Miami Dolphins have to counter that by using misdirection use every trick in the book we talked about this in the past rollouts like you mentioned with doc holiday you got to use two of strengths you got to roll them out you got to get him in space you got to get him away from aaron donald and if you can get him away from aaron donald and jalen ramsey at the same time now doc mentioned about eight different defensive defensive players that are also good that we should be keeping a lookout for and i agree with him but you know what i'm going to take my chances with those linebackers and those other defensive backs and just stay away from jalen ramsey and stay away from aaron donald i think this is going to be a low scoring game i don't think we're going to see a lot of high flu and offense right now because we don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick out there just chucking it up playing Sandlot football I think you're going to see a little bit of a of a tempered uh, offensive game plan you're also going to see Tua just adjust to everything that's going on around him I expect a heavy dose of run plays I expect a heavy dose of short play actions I expect a heavy dose of of uh, run pass options out of Chan Gailey and Tua Tungavailoa but ultimately I think this is going to be a very low scoring game I'm thinking somewhere in the teens Chris somewhere like 17 10 that could go either way I'm not going to say yet who I think is going to win this game but I, I expect it to be a low scoring take the under if you're gambling on my bookie 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm actually thinking the opposite. I think uh, we come out there, uh, we mentioned it on our last show. What would you do if we were offensive coordinators? And we both said, go deep first play with two. I, I don't know if they're ready to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to put the gloves on with two. I really don't believe that. I think that there's a possibility if he's ready, they're going to go out there and they're going to have a formulated full game plan for him, especially with two weeks. And they're going to get Parker involved. They're going to get Seki involved and they're going to get uh, Grant and the, the speedster guys involved too. Although one way to beat Aaron Donald and his just absolute disgusting speed rush up the inside there, even being double teamed uh, is quick passes. So you're going to see the slants. You can see the quick screens, uh, draw plays, things like that. Like you mentioned that you're gonna have to just go to, to the, to the toy box here and open up everything. Um, and it'd be really nice if we can get a former NFC West player involved, like a Matt Breida or Gaskins, of course, and some big screen games that kind of um, mitigate that, that pass rush and, and take advantage of their full tilt pass uh because i can see this being two two ways of course it and this is the easy way out but i can see it being very high scoring because it's just a shootout um or something along the lines of like a 17 14 20 to 17 type deal yeah i could see it either way too especially when you look at Tua's history of coming out and just throwing bombs in the national championship game he doesn't really hold back any but we talked about what you and i would do i'm talking about what chan gailey is going to do and i think traditionally especially with a rookie quarterback he's going to start him off slow i think those script uh, those plays are going to be scripted the first 10 to 15 and then they're going to adjust from there but um i think there might be some success in 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 letting the defense over pursue and then taking advantage of that. So what I mean by that are maybe some draw plays and some run pass options where Tua can actually take a look, see his first option, know that's not there, know that the pass rush is coming by him, and then he can run past them. And that's going to keep them on their heels early uh, if, if that works. If not, if he gets smashed the very first play, then I don't know what the fuck happens after that. But uh, yeah, we have to get after Goff, too. We didn't mention our defense much. Uh, we need to get after Goff. We need to stop their run game uh, and make him uh, force him to pass it against Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. If we do that and keep it a close game, that's all we want. We want to just stay close within striking distance. So when we get the ball late in the game, we have an opportunity for game winning field goal or, or, or a play that uh, puts us over the top. Yeah. And I think it is going to be a close game, whether it is a high scoring game or a low scoring game. I think it is going to be a one possession game. I think we're better than most people are giving us credit for, even with a rookie quarterback. And I think the Rams, man, they're in a tough division there. You got four teams in the NFC, NFC West that, uh, quite frankly, have winning records right now. So uh, they have a really, really good, um, you know, they're battle tested, if you want to call it that. Um, and they're probably looking at the Miami Dolphins as a team, especially coming off that Chicago Bears team uh, game that they could uh, get fat on. So I'm, I'm going to bank on the fact that they're going to take us for uh, maybe a little bit for granted. And, uh, and plus, man, Chris, I got to say it. It's Tua's first game. You think I'm going to predict a loss on Tua's first game? The Miami Dolphins are winning this game. I don't give a shit what Doc Holliday says. I hope he's wrong. I hope I'm right. I see us winning 17-14 Tua with a game-winning drive with five minutes left in the game. That's how this is going down. All right, so here's my thing, and this is what I, I wanted to wait to bring up, okay? Short week, fly across the country, no tape on Tua, Here's the thing. Here's the big one, Sam. Guess who the Rams play after us in order? The I'll tell you. The Seattle Seahawks. Okay? Seattle Seahawks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Antonio Brown. The 49ers. The Cardinals. The Patriots. The Seahawks. I'm sorry. The Patriots. Jets. So just that strip there. That strip there, division games, Tom Brady, that's all after us directly. They got Seahawks after us. Possible trap game. That, that's what I'm, I'm going with here. With all those things in order, short week, travel, no tape on Tua, huge gauntlet of divisional games and Tom Brady after us. 
it's going to be easy to overlook this team, this three and three dolphins that haven't played in two weeks. We're not fresh in anybody's mind. It's going to be easy to overlook it. Not to mention it's in Miami. Who knows what the heat you, you South, South California or California. That's, that's a whole different type of heat over there. I've, I've been to Costa Mesa. I felt amazing. I sat outside, didn't sweat South Florida. It's humid. It's hot. It's humid. There's a chance here, Sam. And I'm, I'm going to go with you too. I, I think we're, we're going to win this game. What's your final score? I got a 17-14. What's your final score on this one? 24-17. 24-17. Someone is getting 17 points. It's just a matter of if it's going to be on the winning side or the losing side. We both have the Miami Dolphins winning. Doc Holliday's got the Rams winning 31-17. All three of us chose 17 as this uh, in this game. That seems to be the hot number there. Uh, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville. Welcome to Perfectville, part of the Fanatics Network here. Uh, you've heard Chris's prediction. You've heard my prediction. You've heard Doc Holliday's prediction. This has been just a lovely episode, up and down, left and right, everywhere, like Tua is going to be on uh, Sunday. Uh, Chris, you want to uh, – want? I, I do have to mention this before we go. Uh, the okayest fantasy league ever. Yes. Uh, I beat Jeremy Hagan, the defending champion in our fantasy football league. And I did it, Chris, with literally everyone on my bench scoring nothing. I had zero points from my bench, which means I maximized my team and I finally won a damn game. I think I'm now three and four in this league. I'm making a comeback, Chris. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm like eight out of, you know, 16 teams or something. I'm middle of the pack there. How'd you do? I did great. I won my second game in a row. I'm six and one. Heavy is the crown that the king wears, or whatever. Heavy is the heavy crown. is the head that lies. Heavy is well, who yeah. cares? We're yeah. not Shakespeare for us to say, "Hey, we we don't speak for a living." What is this? Yeah, but yeah. Right. I'm in first place. <laughs> the okayest fantasy football league. I won a one eighteen to one fifteen. He had a running back for the Bears and Jimmy Graham last night. They get him one more catch, and I lose. But two game win streak after going on a four game win streak. I've been reluctantly, I know, in Raceling's number one power rankings. Can't wait to see what it is going to look like now because Matt Ryan has sucked for me, and I've got just guys injured all over the place, as it does everybody with this crap in the bye weeks. But, yeah, man, 6-1 and one, I actually drafted this year, and it looks like I'm doing okay so far. Yeah, my backup quarterback for my team is Tua Tungavailoa, and I told everyone I was going to start him, but my starting quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. So sorry, Tua, you're on the bench. Uh, <laughs> we can only be so biased this week. I mean, come on. Listen, now that I said that Patrick Mahomes is going to tear his ankle, so I'm sorry to all the Chiefs fans out there. Uh, all right. With that said, coming in off the bench. Uh, that's what, oh my God. Can you, can you imagine the fall from grace? If you go from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> to 40 year old Chad Henny, the robot to, to Henny bot. I mean, that's, I know he was there before, but my God, that, what, what a depressing <laughs> okay. day for Kansas city. Whenever that happens. All right. Well, Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? That's it, man. Good show. Well, on behalf of myself and everyone here in the Fanatics Network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.